What's up, y'all? This is Timothy Cato III, and this is I Got More to Say. Frankie rejoins us today and talks about Beautiful Days, the album, coming July 30th. Enjoy. Frankie! Man, my guy, what's happening? What's going on, Franks? How you doing? Man, it's good to be here with you again. Good to having a good conversation with you, man. Mm -hmm. We here. It's a beautiful day to have, have a beautiful day. day. So, so what we gonna, gonna do? do? We gonna have one. My <laughs> man, Frankie. Frankie, first and foremost, bro, you know, today we making history. Because I got more to say. You are the first person to have a follow-up appearance. Hey, let's do and, it. You know, I don't think that there's anybody better than my bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think there's anybody better than you, Frankie. So it's a pleasure and it's an honor to have you here. Thank you for waking up early in the morning to come up oh, all the way here to Rochester to come kick it with me. I appreciate it. But, man, Frankie, how are you feeling today? Man, we feeling blessed. Uh, it's a beautiful Monday. As you uh, mentioned earlier, we got the album coming out. Like, mm -hmm. we here just putting some groundwork in and continuing to keep the gears moving. You know, another day that God grants us to wake up. Man, I can't say nothing to that, say nothing bad about that. So how about you, brother? Man, I'm blessed, Frankie. You know, um, you know, the last uh, you know, one we put out, the last episode we had, you know, I was <laughs> I was a little tired from shooting all the music videos and everything, but feeling real good, good day in the gym, good meal, a lot of prayer, you know, handled a little bit of business today, you know, so you know, it's a beautiful day outside. So, you know, I'm I'm definitely feeling good. Frankie, sure. you mentioned the album, but before we get into that, Frankie, you know, I kinda came in, you know, we have a new setup here and I got more to say, you know what I'm saying? We filming in Rochester. And, you know, Frankie, what I wanted to do is I wanted to definitely um, you know, kind of spruce it up a little bit. All so, right. you know, before I had the record wall at the previous spot we shot at. So for this one, I had to make sure that I kept the music flowing. I picked, I know me and you kind of picked out a couple of our favorites that we we enjoy. Let's talk about these real, real, real quick. Let's show some, let's show some respect to the OGs. Mm. Frankie, how you feeling about some of these albums, bro? Talk to me about, talk to me about anyone you want to. We I got mean, some Fuji's up here. We got, we got The Chronic, Hell Half No Fury. It's a pimple butterfly, bro. Let me know. Man, with any of these albums, I feel like you can't go wrong catching a vibe. Um, Good Kid, Mad City, a beautiful album uh, by Kendrick Lamar. You know, as we know, beautiful follow-ups as well. But mm -hmm. Kendrick, he kind of takes you into that, that cinematic vibe. And I like how on his album cover, he said, like, a short film by. So it kind of, although it's an album, it's a visual, I mean, it's an audio album, mm -hmm. he's still, like, taking you into that type of realm of a kind of like a movie, you know? Mm -hmm. The Chronic, man, I'm a, you know, I bump the Chronic all the time. Um, nice, heavy West Coast vibes. Dr. Dre going on a production, then stepping into that lane as a, you know, let him know, letting people know that he's a spitter too. Mm -hmm. And then, man, Fuji's. Man, we got some heat here. Got some heat. We got some heat here, man. Yeah, definitely. What you feeling about these joints, though, man? So this, this all from your collection, G's. I know they all hold a special place. So, yeah. man, let me know what's the, going on. And just for the record, I do not buy vinyl unless that vinyl is of something, some superior quality and some superior stature. For sure. So I don't just buy any vinyl. If I go out and I actually buy your vinyl, that means your music hit me and it means something to me. So, um, as you said before, Frankie, a lot of these mean a whole lot to me. But, um, you know, I'm going to start with this Playboy Cardi. I mean, his self-titled debut. This ain't even his debut album. I, this, this technically is a mixtape. Okay. Man, I mean, you know, when Playboy Cardi first came out, you know, that was, like, one of the peaks of, like, the SoundCloud era. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, when it comes to, like, the SoundCloud era of rap, you know, I'm a big proponent of the SoundCloud era. You know what I'm saying? Sure. That was a very good era. And, um, you know, that album, nothing sounded like it. 
like Cardi ain't really talking about a whole lot. He just, you know, just, you know, just, just like the, like the, you know, like the, the, the young nigga era. You know okay, what I'm saying? For just sure. fly talk. You know, a lot more about style than it necessarily is substance and just having like a good time. So I mean, that album just bring back. You know what I'm saying? Like just like you know, kind of like the, the like you know your party years, like my turn up years. You know. For sure. Um, and a hugely influential album too. I mean, you know, people still try to mimic and do what Cardi does from his you know his voice to, you know, um, the way he say things, his ad libs. So I definitely gotta you know that that Cardi one lived special within my heart. Right. Um, I actually got a special story about this one. I was just on the internet one day just looking up random vinyl and I ended up going on Guitar Center's website and I ended up seeing that and I never knew it came out on vinyl and I just bought it. Man, that cover art going crazy. Definitely. One thing, you know, my bad, but Mm -hmm. one thing I like to say, man, like the vinyls, I think it provide a whole different aspect of like Mm -hmm. the artistry, you know, like because it does bring more of a spotlight on that cover too. Like you got a whole, these damn near posters if you really wanted them to be and like, you know, you know, shrines, like so many beautiful enshrinements of, you know, people's favorite vinyls and stuff like that. So and music is missing tangibility you know like mm. you know like um you know me and you around the same age remember when we used to go to the record stores and buy the cds and it was something Dog. about taking it out the plastic putting it in the cd player and hearing it spin hearing it spin you know what i mean like you know like you know cds was that was a great era of music and like i said just that tangible feeling of music that's just something yeah. that we're missing now and a lot of it is done through like merchandising and you know i'm all for it but I miss like when you could actually like hold on to the music. You know what I'm That's saying? Fact. You know what I'm saying? I miss like when, you know what I'm saying? It was actually like an artifact. Now it just lives within our phone. You know, so I think that's the thing I love about it. But just to finish up on here, I mean, um, you know, Hell Hath No Fury. I mean, you know, um, when it comes to like the drug dealer rap, the coke rap, I mean, pushing his brother, no malice, or he was malice at the time. But I mean, they they redefined it. They commercialized it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, you had the Raekwons and you had the Ghost Faced and, you know, you had... um. You had several rappers that, you know what I'm saying, really got down with, like, the drug lingo. Those are some of the first that I think of. But I feel like they modernized it. Because, you know, you got, like, club songs on this album. Like, this is a dope record. Like, if you look at the... You know, I don't want to mess up kind of what we got going on here. But, like, if you... Excuse me. Sorry, but I got to show the listeners. If you look at this album, like... This album is, hold on, can the camera get it? Yeah, the camera getting it. Like, hold on, let me hold it straight. Yeah, like, this sure. album, they got all this money on the wall. This stove is not for cooking food. It's for cooking something else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They got on, I don't even know, the big jeans, the big chains. You got, like, you know what I'm saying, the watches. Like, this is coke rap at its finest. I mean, even when you look at the back, they got the clips. Hold on, where is it at? Come on. They got the clips on the hubcap of the Bentley. You see what I'm saying? That's different. Yeah, like, you know, before Coke Rap was, you know what I'm saying, like, the way it looked was just, you know, so gritty and, like, you know, so street. And this doesn't sacrifice any of the grittiness of the street, you know, culture of it. But it's still, like, you know, like I said, it commercialized it. Went, went, would it do Mr. Me Too? Like, you know, a lot of that is deeply rooted in drug culture, but, you know, it's still... Uh, a thorough street record and that's why I love that album so much and then um and you know so shout out to Clips I mean like I said I mean one of the greatest one of the most underrated hip hop duos of all time and then um cause like I said they commercialized it and then you know I can't leave a bar off of here without talking about Gucci 
you know. Um, for those of you who don't know, Gucci Man um, is one of my favorite rappers. Uh, him, Project Pat, Biggie, Tupac. Those is probably like my top four, you know. Uh, those four are the first that come to mind. Um, I mean, I just remember, I always, like, you know, Gucci was always like a figure to me, you know what for I'm sure. saying? Like, just like with the jewelry, to, you know, talking about trapping, just what he, all what he was about, how, you know, his unique sound, you know, how underground he was. And like I said, when he first came out with this album, like I said, I was like a little boy when I first got caught on to this. So, you know, this album definitely holds a special spot in my heart. And I still listen to Gucci. And shout out to Gucci. I mean, you know, we talk about like, you know, rappers just kind of, you know, growing old and living positive and doing, you know, better for their for themselves in the community. Like, I see Gucci with a family. You know, he got a record label. He's still signing some of the hottest talent out. He's still working with all these different artists. He's still staying very current, man. Gucci is aging like a fine wine in his rap game. So shout out to Gucci. But anyways, Frankie, now that we didn't went and talked about this, man, let's jump into Beautiful Days. Now... Beautiful days, July 30th. Make sure that y'all go grab that. You know? Yes, on all streaming platforms. Make sure that y'all go grab that. But um, Frankie, you know, I just introduced the project a little bit. Um, you know, when it just came to me going to Syracuse, I remember I was having a conversation with um with um, you know, the his name is Patrick. I was having a conversation with him. And I was like, man, Patrick, like, um, you know, do we have to take capstones in order to get our masters? It's just that and the third. Because for those of you who don't know, um, Syracuse University, Newhouse, has the number one communications program in the world. You heard yes, it. Yes, and I'm a product of that, and I wear that badge proudly. But um, I was going and I was talking to him, Frankie, and I just was like, man, like, you know, what kind of capstones do we got to take? He's like, you know, there's an audio capstone. And I, immediately I was interested because I always thought to myself, you know, like I said before, I, I'm not a rapper. But I was like, you know, I've always been interested in it. I love being in the studio, you know, and I always wanted to work with you. And he was like, man, like, you know, we do got an audio capstone where you can make an album. We have to make something quality. This is that. And the third, and mm-hmm. you was the first person I thought of, you know, just because, you know, I had been with your discography ever since the first album, Frank's the album, man. you know what I'm saying? And then I watched you grow and progress to, um, what is it? Um, liberation. And then, you know, when you came with, um, with the butterfly effect, you know, Outside of Beautiful Days, The Butterfly Flick is my favorite album that you ever put out. I was like, man, like, I got to get Frankie up here to this studio. I got to, you know, help him find and per- perfect and craft his sound. So, um, you know, that's why when I called you and you said you was with it, you know, we had our first studio session, like, September, October. I mean, it was uh-huh. from there. But um, talk to us about the album, though, Frankie. Man, so, I mean, man, that's a beautiful introduction to it. Like you said, it was, for me, it was unexpected. Um, You know, I would say, like, with my other albums, you know, definitely had some time to breathe um, and let people kind of digest the content that was on the project. Mm -hmm. And then also give some time for me to experience life, too. You know, I'm not... I wouldn't say I live a high, high, high active life, but I do like to get things in. I like to be productive. I like to, you know, kind of make my own memories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, really when you hit me up and was like, you know, brought the idea to me, I'm like, man, why not? You know, I love music. Why not, you know, continue to push that, you know, push that. Um, and I would say, Really, I didn't, I don't know, it was it was different because I never really had the resources accessible like that. It was like, okay, if I, you know, I'm just writing and things like that for other projects. And so I have things like, I had things stored up, you know, songs I could just go to the studio and do that. But for this project, it was more so like everything on the spot because I didn't know I was going to be making this album. But it's like, I still got more to say, like after the butterfly effect, <laughs> like no pun intended. But like after the butterfly effect, it was like, just seeing that type of momentum, and I feel like I gave people a different, like, 
side of me. Like, not, like, I would say a more vulnerable, like, I would say more softer side, like, really diving into details, like, even with the, you know, cover art, like, having the butterflies on it, like, you know, really stepping into, like, that, I don't know, like, the, you know, that black boy joy type thing, you know? Like, we go through a lot of things. We experience, like, a lot of trauma sometimes just naturally in our environments. Um, so it's kind of like exploring that, talking about that and letting that be an outlet. Like, it's this butterfly that I'm just letting, you know, letting out to the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Beautiful Days is kind of like a, I don't know, just like a, a dope follow-up for that, to be like, that was the softer side. Now, be Beautiful Days is more like the, all right, we back to, you know, we giving the wholesome experience of the process, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like a, not to say it's like a part B or like a side B, but in the in the same type of way, that's kind of what it feels like because I didn't have that, um, kind of like that longer hiatus how I would between my other projects. So mm -hmm. it was like still kind of getting off those thoughts and um, really just wrapping it, you know, wrapping this kind of era of my life up. So that's, you know, that's kind of how I thought about it and really perceived it. Um, and then we looked up, we got eight tracks, man, and, you know, they all hit, they all are, you know, mean something personal to me. I hope they mean something personal to you. Like, mm -hmm. just the whole journey. So, man, I would ask you, like, how is that like for you, man? Like, even just, you know, that's, that's my perspective as an artist and being able to dive in. But I feel like, you know, you definitely put a lot of that groundwork in to allow me to, just be an artist, which I would say that would be that was another difference from this project. So mm -hmm. I, I leave it I leave it at that, brother. I got you. I definitely appreciate that, Frankie. Um, as far as how it feels for me, you know, I try to um, when I first, like I said, knew that I was going to be doing the audio capstone, and you know, like the audio, yeah, like when I was going to be doing the audio capstone, I thought to myself, like, man, okay. When we coming up with an album, we gotta think of topic, we gotta think of artist, and we gotta think of message, and we gotta think of how we gonna get it out there. So, you know, when me and you, like, the minute I thought about that, I'm like, okay, Kato, if you gonna kind of drive this ship, you need to have those things figured out. And now it's gonna be a little bit, I ain't gonna say more difficult, but there's gonna be another level to it because you have to help not only have an artist that can talk about the things that, you know what I'm saying, you believe in and that you wanna hear about, but it also has to be in alignment with them. Mm, you know what I'm saying? For real. So, you know, I just sat back and I was like, you know, Franks is that person. I was like, you know, you listen to Franks' album and he's talking about everything. He's talking about, you know, society. He's talking about growing up, you know what I'm saying, as a black man in America. He's talking about growing up in an urban area. And, you know, I was like, man, I really want to make something positive. Because, you know, going to Syracuse, you know, I'm one of five people of color you know, in my cohort, my cohort is fairly small, granted. For sure. But me, and then there's another Latino, um, shout out Vanessa, shout out Vistiz. Shout out um, Yeah, definitely. Oh, I really wanted y'all to work together, but we'll make it happen. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily know, I, I was kind of afraid to kind of go in and be judged. Because mm. I'm like, man, I'm coming in here, you know, I look the way I look, you know what I'm saying, you know, and, you know, I am who I am, I carry myself the way I carry myself, and you know, so I'm like, Man, I don't know if these people will even understand hip-hop because when I'm walking into a room full of... And, you know, shout-out to the audio arts cohort because I'm not trying to talk negatively about them at all, but sure. like I said, this is just my thing going into it. You know, and then I'm like, man, like, I love hip-hop. This is my thing. 
I know more about it probably than everybody. Do they understand the culture of hip hop? Do they even know kind of where it comes from? Like, I understand they know, they, they might think they know what it means now, but like, do they know really where, you know what I'm saying, the basis of it comes from? And I've always viewed hip hop as a way to, you know what I'm saying, like inspire and talk to like our people. So anyways, um, that was like my basis of it. Like I was like, man, like, okay, I want to make something positive and I want to make sure that hip hop's represented in the correct way. Because a lot of people think that hip hop is just about partying and drug use and selling dope and all that. And you know what? That's an element of it. I ain't gonna sit up here and act holier than thou. I ain't gonna sit up here and act like, you know, it doesn't have that. But, you know, I was just listening to some of the things on the radio and like a lot of things were just kind of negative. I felt like I wasn't necessarily like the things that was being pushed to us. I wasn't feeling like I wasn't necessarily hearing anything that inspired me. Like, you know, when I listen to music, I want to be inspired. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, I want to listen to something that, you know, kind of, you know, get my blood pumping or, you know, you know, kind of make me make me maybe feel aggressive, make me feel tough. But I also do want to be inspired. I'm not saying you got to become, you know, just start preaching, you know, what I'm saying and getting up there, you know, but I was like, man, like we got to start talking to each other. We got to start having more conversations because I was looking at a lot of the rappers. A lot of my favorite rappers die or go to jail. A lot of my favorite rappers over the course of the last like six or seven years are either dead or in jail. Pooh Shiesty, Young Dolph, Nipsey Hussle. Um, you know, I've, I'm sure that there's a couple others um, that I probably can't think of. The Pop Smoke, um, King Vaughn, a lot of them. And I'm like, man, like oh, yeah. artists are just, you know, rest in peace to all those guys, but artists are just passing away. I'm like, man, mm. like, what can I do to bring something to this genre that I love to make it more positive? to inspire and you know to communicate with our people because music the target demographics graphic is between 16 to 24. for sure so a lot of it is young people so if young people ain't hearing nothing or excuse me if young people feel like the only music because you know most people listen to uh, music on a mainstream level a lot of people ain't on twitter on instagram looking and hearing and um searching for you know what i'm saying like no more street or underground things right. i'm like man like you know like we got to talk to these to these 16 and 24 year olds especially a 16 and 24 year old young black men because we have so much power right now we have a lot of the influence we have a lot of the voices we understand technology the best mm-hmm. and you know we dying at a rapid rate we getting jailed at a rapid rate or the suicide level is is very high i was like man like we got to speak to people. We got to speak to everybody, but we got to speak to people who look like us. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I know that was a little bit long-winded, but like, you know, I wanted, like, I was always inspired by like G Herbo. When I listened to him, he inspired me. When I listened to Nipsey Hussle, he inspired me. When I listened to certain songs by Gucci, he inspired me. When I listened to Tupac, he inspired me. When I listened to Big, he inspired me. And right. I started thinking about it in that same realm. I was like, man, I know you on a personal level, but when I was 19, 18 years old and I seen you at Oswego, Oswego's our alma mater, um, you know, shout out Oswego. But um, <laughs> when we, when I seen you at Oswego and you was just up, you was always positive. You was always smiling. You was always utilizing your voice. You was always talking about something. Mm, like rather it sure. was your music or rather it was just you speaking. I was always inspired by that. And I feel like that's why we have such a good friendship. So anyways, Frankie, that was my inspiration behind the project. And I feel like we more to execute it, my, um, our vision. I ain't gonna say mine, our vision and what we aim to do. Yeah, man, I think, man, just to add on a little bit, I really think that it was dope to um, really structure and have like topics, you know, hard topics to 
um, talk about, like concrete things to talk about, like the positivity, talking about like, you know, playing your position, like what is it, you know, all these components of, you know, the things that I kind of have and the things that you have, like, and that we look for um, and strive to do in this world, you know, strive to uplift and things like that. Those were kind of some of the, you know, the topics that we talked about, like, before even diving into all the lyrics. So that kind of helped me really be more on board with the pro process and take it a little bit more serious um, rather than like other projects where I was just passively writing things, like whatever came to my mind. This was, every song was with the intention of like, this is for that young black kid or this is, you know, and some, and some songs and even in, you know, the outro make peace, like that's me, you know, that's me who I'm talking to. And it's a lot of people who kind of come from our certain backgrounds, like, you know, maybe we didn't have like, the both, you know, both of the parents in the household. Maybe we didn't have the greatest, like, environmental um, situations or, you know, the best, like, opportunities, but to still make something out of it. That, that was, you know, that was something that was really dope and important while, you know, like, coming up with the project, you know, like, on the, on the artist side. So that was dope, man. Mm -hmm. Nah, definitely, Frankie, and I salute you because, you know, we hit on so many topics on this album. I mean, we hit on recreational drug use, we hit on relationships, we hit on, um, you know, your life story. I mean, we, we hit on quite a few things. Like, what was, like, one of the songs on the album that you feel like, you know, was, like, your most impactful as far as, like, social commentary? Because you got a few. Ooh, social kind. Can I do personal and then social? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's say it's because so the personal kind of came up to me, but I think it kind of can play into the societal. Mm -hmm. So I would say um, track seven, Alicia's key. Um, so that joint is about kind of like somebody, somebody having a dream, somebody having a vision. You really you working towards it. Sometimes you know there's other obstacles in a way. Like we got real life jobs, we have real life circumstances that can kind of impact their journey. But at the end of the day, it's like what you waiting for? Like you know, if you don't, somebody told me my aunt Reed said like. If you don't make a plan for yourself, like people gonna make plans for you. You get what I'm saying? So um, it's like, you know you got this thing in your heart. Like for me, I was speaking from a point of like, I know this music is like one of my purposes and, and passions and stuff like that, one of my callings. So it's like, I'm doing all these other things. Like although it's feeding like my pockets or, or you know, feeding like, you know, the personal growth of other people and things like that. Like at a certain point, I gotta, I had to really think about like what am I doing for myself and um, what's what's the hold up. So I would say like that, you know, that's kind of like the personal and you know, it's kind of leading to the social because I feel like we all have those type of battles in some type of way or form, you know. Mm -hmm. um, societal, I think just from like. I think just from hearing other conversations and people who have listened to the album, um, the song Without You, Aloha, like that one is probably one of the most social impactful because um, especially in the realm of music, as you talked about, like in the mainstream, they talk about like the cars, you talk about the women, you talk about like the jewelry, all of that stuff. Uh, we talk about drug use. Drug use is something that's very prevalent in the game. You know, some people talk about like, you know, they use it to help, you know, help fuel their cre creativity or, you know, help them maintain their lifestyle or sustain, you know, staying up and things like that or to help them escape from reality. Mm -hmm. However, um, 
I kind of gave like the real aspect of it, like this can really hinder who you are. This can hinder like the moves that you're trying to make if um, you allow it to, you know, like everything in moderation is however, um, just make sure it is moderate, <laughs> you know, and if you can avoid vices and things like that, that may, that aren't truly helpful or productive for you, then that would be the goal. But to be realistic, we are, you know, we all have something that we cling on to to, you know, cope, you know. It's not always as uh, impactful as, like, drugs and stuff like that. Sometimes it could be, like, really as beneficial as, like, meditating and, you know, uh, you know, prayer and things like that. However, you know, we are we are going through something, and so it's it's hard to kind of say that everything's going to be well. However, um, man, just just keep going and face your face your fears instead of hiding from your fears and running from them. You know, mm -hmm. so that's why I would say that would be like the most like social impactful joint that I could really uh, think about from the project right now. Mm -hmm. uh, how about you, man? I know, like, man, you you know, you definitely listen to these tracks like you definitely help like structure and you know send inspiration for these different types of tracks for me to kind of tap into that bag so you know what's what would be those songs for you like i would guess like personal and social personal definitely um definitely without you because um reason being is i remember like uh, when i was going through a real hard time in my life uh I don't want to get too emotional on camera, but essentially, like, um, you know, when my granny died and my aunt passed, like, within, like, about three weeks of each other, uh, you know, I was just... Actually, it was probably a little bit... It probably really started before that, but definitely kind of during that time, mm -hmm. um, I ran from everything, you know? Uh, and I would just do... I would do everything in my power not to feel my emotions. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, when we was up... Like, you know, because... I went to my senior, this was my senior year of college, and you know, we was at Oswego. So, you know what I'm saying? I was drinking heavy, smoking mad weed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, and then of course classes are easier because, you know, it's COVID, everything's online, you get wellness days, you know what I'm saying? We, you know what I'm saying? We probably missed like about six or seven, you know, classes, you know what I'm saying? A piece from each class. So, sure. you know, like, that's what I was using to cope. And, you know, in a way, I was kind of like out my mind, you know? Uh. Like, and why I say out my mind is because, you know, I was, like I said, drinking and smoking. And when you do things like that, at least for me, I can't speak for everybody. Because some people, as you said, are a little bit more within a creative realm and a creative self. It takes you away from here. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. It puts you in another space. So I was kind of using it to escape. And then, you know, eventually, like I said, I, I think that's kind of one of the key things that helped me move to Atlanta. And you remember how Atlanta went, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I can call it the worst, but you know what I'm saying? Definitely the, the hardest eight months of my life. Strengthening it for sure. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, when I just was hearing that song and I was here, you talking about facing your problems and staying away from, you know, substances and, you know, um, you know, facing your fears and facing yourself, you know, I definitely, as far as facing your problems and facing your fears, you know, I definitely, you know, really vibe and really connected with that song. Like, I felt like if I would have heard that song a couple years ago, I think that I might have thought twice about, you know, some of the habits and some of the things that I was doing. For sure. So I definitely probably have to say without you from like a personal stance. And then from a societal level, um, I might have to go done with you. Uh -huh. um, the relationship culture right now Especially, I feel like, amongst black people. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely terrible. Um, you know... It's crazy in the streets, man. Yeah, For like, sure. you know, and I, and I mean it 
in a multitude of different ways, like, especially on media. Yeah. On media, I just feel like everything is just, especially black relationships. I ain't gonna talk about all, I'm gonna talk about black relationships. And maybe this is just what I see, mm -hmm. but I just see, it seems like black men and black women, we're at war with each other. Yeah. We're having a hard time having conversations about love. We're having a hard time being honest with each other about relationships. And then you want to know something else, too? And, you know, I'm just going to be honest when I say this. I feel like us being toxic with one another is so profitable, and people are making so much money off of us getting on TikTok, getting on social media, just kind of bashing each other mm. and being out of love with each other that we don't need, like, we're blind to it. Mm. Like, it's like almost any time I jump on the gram, I see, oh, um, you know, and I'm not going to use music as an example for this because, like, for example, I got an idea in my head, like, when Lotto go, um, broke niggas make you choose, rich niggas buy you both. You know what I'm saying? That's music. You know what I'm saying? I ain't tripping about that. But then, you know, when you get on there and you see some things talking about, like, oh, um, sis, he don't care about you, and you know what I'm saying, bro, focus on yourself, and you know what I'm saying, she's for the streets, and you know what I'm saying, niggas ain't shit, bitches ain't shit, kind of culture we live in. Yeah. I'm just like, man, when are we gonna get back to loving each other? Wear it up. Yeah, That's you know what I'm saying? Fact. And when are we gonna stop putting the blame on one another? And like I said, I've never been in a relationship, so I'm not trying to sit up here and speak like I'm holier than thou. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, too, I would like to see things change, and just to hear you speak, you know, give your opinion and your views just as far as some of the things that you went through as far as some of maybe you know your struggles and things of that nature i think that that was real big of you and you know i feel like you were you were telling your story but you were also being inspirational with it as well mm, you know for sure you know so that, i think that's my thing i think like just in a time of you know what i'm saying black men and black women we just seem like we're just so at odds with you know what i'm saying our as far as like relationships I feel like you came in and you know you really offered like a fresh new perspective through music so I salute you for that I appreciate that no for sure I think um like going with that song um it was interesting like it's always interesting to do a love song because I'm not that's not my bag that I like normally am in but I but the relationship aspects on a personal tip is something that's been, I would say, like, impactful. You know, definitely been through a few relationships, and um, they were all strengthening, you know? Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't regret any of them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I would say, yeah, like, that, I just wanted to give my perspective and, like, just talk about, like, this is the type of, you know, we all come with some type of baggage, like, whether that's, you know, from our families or like other relationships and stuff like that and that's just kind of me offering like i don't know just letting it out you know just just venting um and i think that sometimes we gotta we have to do that and it's not in a way like how you mentioned like i'm not bashing nobody it's like you know i'm right in my wrongs too it's like a few women that i hurt i still harbor that shame like you know um mm -hmm not to not to dwell in it and stuff like that but to also be like damn i know what i did was kind of messed up but at the end of the day like all we can do is continue to learn and not not hold ourselves in in that shame and doubt and you know let that fester because that can go to the next relationship then the next relationship then the next relationship and i feel like that's why a lot of them a lot of relationships can seem broken because we tend to I don't know, some people tend to, like, seek a, you know, whether it's relationship, situationship, like, right after the next and next, like, and they think that's the healing, but really the healing is to sit back and reflect and be like, yo, 
this is what happened. Maybe this really wasn't like something that was healthy. Maybe this is not normal. Like mm -hmm. what I did or what I've experienced, like what they did, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how that song was too, man. You know, I think people, I think people will rock with that too. Like it's definitely on some groovy type, like on a groovy beat too. So that's that's hard, man. Definitely, yeah. I mean, as I said before, Frankie, mm -hmm. um, I really salute you for that song because I feel like you know, for us men to talk about you know some of our shortcomings in life, especially like when it comes to how we deal in relationships, I you know. I think that that's something we need to talk a lot more about. You know, I feel like we kind of getting away from that. So mm. I definitely salute you um, for that song. And that was a beautiful song that you wrote. But um, next, Franks, real quick, um, I want to get into, like, the process of, you know, like, being in the studio. Mm. What is being in the <laughs> studio with Kato like? Yeah. And you could be honest, Franks, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, really let people know. Because, like, I just be thinking to myself, like, I'm so intense. I'm so... You know what I'm saying? Stick to, like, you know what I'm saying? Just, I'm so about the grind and the process of making the music. Yeah. Like, I always wonder, like, I was like, man, I wonder how working with me would be from an artist's perspective. So, uh, yeah, Frank. So, like, look, yeah. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> so, I would say I'm a definitely very open person. Like, I'm not, um, I would say, like, naturally, music is probably one of those things I'm more, um, like, this is mine. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my intellectual property, all that stuff. But I don't know, really just to kind of, like sacrifice that type of thought a little bit and be like yo this is not just me like you know like this is a lot of other people in the process and you know like so I would say like man just for you to even think about the type of artist that you want the type of vision that you would like to portray while also um taking into consideration that artist specific talents as well so like even with the producers like me as an artist the engineers letting them do their thing mm -hmm. but also like you know with you having like man, man the extensive like ear with music and stuff like that like you know still knowing what sounds good or what can be a little bit better mm -hmm. so i would say um man, it was definitely a great experience to just be like an artist you know for this go around and um uh just like the hospitality show, like having somebody else in the studio real time other than the engineer. Like other times I would probably just be in the studio by myself with the engineer. And I'm vibing because I know this ain't hard, you know? But like sometimes sometimes I could probably, you know, when I listen to some of my other projects and stuff like that, sometimes like there's some instances where I'd be like, dang, I wish I could have did this a little bit more, had a little bit different cadence on that. But um, really just to get that constructive like like feedback um, in real time, be like, okay, the lyrics is there, like the bars is always gonna be there, but like, you know, it's about the uh, presenting. So like without you, and a lot of these other songs, it was like, how how can we portray that feeling and the voice? Because the, the like, how can you believe this? You know, like take yourself back into that bag. And like, um, that's something that I really haven't thought of, you know, haven't thought about. Um, and really just, I don't know, just rocking with somebody on the journey to be like, yo, like, like it's funny instances that happen, like, you know, to keep, to keep the gears going, like, it ain't always got to be work, 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 like, you know, it's a balance between, like, the fun, too, and, like, you know, really just recollecting and, man, just providing, like, some type of relief and healing, like, that's, that's kind of how I feel, and, um, you know, I definitely appreciate you for like allowing me to explore that venue you know like and and just really appreciate the artistry and like just my passion a little bit more because it's like i'm not no you know i'm not 
naturally a person that's gonna like tap in with people consistently, you know, like to hold them accountable for their work. I mean, I, cause most of the time they do, you know what I'm saying? But like sometimes it's like, yo, we got deadlines, we got deadlines. And so to see you like, kind of maneuver through that and like in a way that you did like not very demanding and stuff like that um still be like showing people grace and stuff like that and you know throughout the as the process progressed seeing you give yourself that grace like that was cool to see um just you really just taking on that that hat and you know really diving and diving deep into it and playing that role like that was something that was cool to see and to see that you serious? You a serious person? I wouldn't say. No, I would say. Oh, Frank, it, yo, don't Frank. I gotta stop you right there. I'm not serious. <laughs> I am not serious. I'm dead ass. No, he's dead ass. I'm dead ass. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> you, Frank. No, he's dead ass serious. <laughs> I had to let people know I'm not serious. I'm dead ass. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would say like the intensity is what really like. Um, I don't know, but it just makes it what it is. Like, obviously, like, I wouldn't say, like, dead ass in the sense of, like, you hounding, 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 but it's, like, making sure people are held accountable, accountable. you feel me? And I think that that's something that is important that, and people can lack because, you know, there's your, there's your Suge Knight type people too you know what i'm saying those type of yeah. executives and that are physically hands-on yeah physically yeah. you know and, and they you know it's, it's my way or the highway you mm -hmm. know um and you was like nah like we in this vehicle together like yep. let's let's figure out this G gps destination together and how we gonna get there you know and do we need snacks on the ride like that that's the type of g you is so. no i appreciate that frankie yeah i mean you know this is my, my my approach to music and my approach to working with artists is just um you know anytime i do something musically i always make sure I, or entertainment in general but we just gonna focus on the music um patrick my beloved uh, one of my favorite uh, professors shout um, out pat yeah definitely uh one of my favorite professors over at um at syracuse you know one of the key things that he taught me he taught me a lot but he said kato this is a profession being in the music industry is a profession. So, you know, you have to carry yourself a certain way. So, you know, as relaxed and, you know, kind of easygoing as the music industry can be, when it comes down to making the music, making music is making the music. And I always just always want to go like, you know, I want to be professional, but at the same time too, I'm here to serve an artist. Like, I'm like, you know, if he, you know, if, if um, Frankie trusted me with his fourth album, because you're an established artist, you have a following. You have people in other states who listen to your music who have never met you. You know what I'm saying? You have really gone in and shown that you care about your music. You care about your craft. You, you, you've, you've proven that. So for me to be, you know, because like I said, I always told myself I need to focus on a couple of things as far as finding my way in this music industry. I need to focus on, you know, shows such as this and radio. And I need to focus on, you know, being an A&R. And I was like, you know, if he's going to allow me to A&R his fourth project, and trust me with his fan base, trust me with his sound, trust me with his vision, I best to make sure that I come and I take this very seriously. So, you know, and like I always said too, you know, my my key thing is when it comes to working, you know, my, I'm here to serve people. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I have a certain voice and artists love working with me. You sure. know? So I just tell, but I don't work with every artist. If I feel like I can't help you, if I feel like, if I don't like your music, if I, if I don't like your music, if I don't believe in you, if I feel like, you know, if, if I just feel like I can't help you, I'm hands off. Mm -hmm. 
And with that, Franks, I never felt that way with you. And I never felt that way about your sound and what we had. And I was like, you know what? I really got to make sure that I take this even more. Because a lot of people, see, the key thing with a lot of people is that a lot of people think just because you and somebody else are friends that there's leeway to, um, to, to mess up. There's leeway to, you know what I'm saying, um, to, to, to have some bullshit go on. And, you know, me personally, I don't believe in that. If I'm your friend, I'm going to try to come through for you. I'm going to try to do everything possible in my power to make sure that, you know, you, you know, we meet a certain criterion. I'm going to try to do everything in my power to make sure that we is on, you know what I'm saying, we put out quality work. You know what I'm saying? If we if we friends, I'm going to go as extremely hard as I can for you. So that's why when you allowed me to come on and, like I said, oversee, you know, the fourth installment into your discography, into your discography I was like, man, I'm not going to play with this because I would never, ever want you to resent me. I would never, ever want you to be like, man, I trust him with my music. He's coming late to studio sessions. Um, he's bringing a whole bunch of people who aren't about business into the, to the process. Um, his breath bad. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, you know, yeah. he, 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 you know what I mean? Nah, like, sure. j- j- just just anything. So anytime I showed up, I tried to make sure that I was on time. I was prepared. I looked apart. I dressed apart. My mind was right. You know, I, I, I dedicated a lot to it because mm. I'm like, you know, I don't want Frankie to I don't want to I don't want this to affect our friendship. Music is meant to bring people together. Music is meant to inspire people. Music should bring people closer. I didn't want it to drag us apart. Not for sure. So that was why I went so hard. That's why I was calling, and God bless Zach. (laughs) Um, Zach was the head studio engineer. That's why I was calling Zach 24-7. Yo, Zach, man, um, can we reschedule this time? It'll be a little bit easier for Frank. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and shout out to Zach, because Zach is a great guy. Zach, you watching, nothing but love. But, um, you know, but that's that's why I was so steadfast on it, Frankie. So that's why I went as hard. I was like, man... I, regardless of how this come out, I want to make sure that me and Frankie is still, you know, on speaking terms. I want to make sure that our friendship is bettered from this. So yeah. Yeah, nah, that's a fact, bro. It's definitely been some um, some artists and things like that who I worked with, um, and I'm just like, these raw people are, you know, they cool in their own rights, but I probably wouldn't never work do with them again. again. And I don't ever want people like if I come in and I'm myself, like if yeah. I come in and I'm myself. And, you know, like I said, I understand I could be a little bit extra at times. I get that. But if yeah. I come in on myself, I give quality advice. I'm respectful to everybody. Anytime I walk into a room, I try to be respectful to everybody. Mm-hmm. And the artists just don't like working with me or people just not vibing with me. That's cool. Because I was myself. As long as, if, if I know I wasn't disrespectful, I know I wasn't trifling, I know I wasn't lazy, I know that I wasn't being rude to nobody and people don't rock with me, that's perfectly fine. I'm not meant for everybody to like. You know, and, I, and I've accepted that. There's seven and a half, eight billion people on this planet. Everybody not gonna like me, and I'm not gonna like everybody. Free game. You know what I'm saying? So the, that that always has been my thing with it. Like, you know, I if I go in it on myself and people don't like me, cool. But if I feel like I was respectful, I was kind, and I carried myself, and I stood on my morals and my principles, and I'm just not appreciated, that's cool. Because um, Kevin Gates said this. I go where I'm celebrated and appreciated and never where I'm tolerated. So I tell people, please don't Come let on. me start feeling like I'm being tolerated. Because I promise on. you, I'll fall back. Come on, man. Because I'll go and I'll, cre- <laughs> I'll, I'll go and I'll create my own success. Come I don't on. necessarily. I love to work as a team and I love to join in with success. But I'll go and I'll work to create my own success. Come on. 
So anyways, Frankie, because you gave me that platform, I was like, man, I'm about to value this. I'm about to cherish this because if I, I like I said, A&R is one thing that I definitely see myself doing. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely something that I'm passionate about. So when I seen that, I was like, you know what? This is my first opportunity. Frankie is my friend. I don't have no time to be playing. Where? Yeah, man. I think, bro, it was just like in due time. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I think like you was one of the big, biggest supporters. Like when Frank's the album dropped, like, you know, I, I was the physical at the house. For sure. Like I was, a, you know, I, I would say I was a little established. Like when we talked a little bit about like Cardi in the SoundCloud era, like that's, mm -hmm. I established myself in the SoundCloud era, but then I was like my, um, I'm here to the world kind of situation, my introduction to the world and to see like, you know, we didn't have a bond as we do now. However, it was still like, yo, you know, love is love. Mm -hmm. um, and to, I don't know, just to see like, man, like you put the album as your cover, I mean, like, you know, as your profile pic on Instagram when I that first that. came out, like, mm -hmm. you know, like a year after you like, yo, like, or probably like, man, probably like a, six months after you like, yo, I think we need a new project. And, you know, I started to really think about that and really went back into like my notebook and trying to like structure what liberation was gonna be. And like, you know, Butterfly Effect, you know, I already had that kind of completed, but it was like, you know, um, I seen like how, how invested you was f in my craft from like, just that angle, you know, from, you know, from that capacity. And it was just like, yo, when the time, right. And I feel like it was a perfect time and we did something monumental, but we gonna get into that mm -hmm. when we talk about the after. But I do wanna ask you, man, like, as you know, as we transition to the, you know, after, you know, the the hours complete, like, you know, the studio sessions done and stuff like that, like engineers sending tracks, joints mix. Is the album done after that? Is the work of the album done after, you know, after the studio session and stuff like that? Not at all. Like, especially, you know, especially diving into that as your, you know, in your first experience. Like, a lot of people think, like, it's all, you know, it's just studio time, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you, you know, your song come out, you get your buzz and stuff like that. But, like, what, is, what does that look like, especially, like, from your angle, like, you know, diving into this room? Oh, man. Well, I mean, he's talking about afterwards. I mean, uh, Dame Dash said this. Um, and I'm looking at the camera and I'm going to say this. Dame Dash said this. You can have the hardest music ever. You can have the most fire music ever. You can have 10 diamond songs waiting to go. If you don't have marketing, promotion, advertising, you don't have those three things basically right there, your music will never be heard and your music will never sell. You know, and I try to tell people, talent isn't necessarily what really sells music anymore. Like, you know, Nicki Minaj has said this. Other artists have said this. I'm not the first to say this. I'm just repeating information that I've heard from other established artists. Talent ain't necessarily what sells music anymore. It's your popularity. Can you gain a following? Can you gain people's ears? Can you gain attention? Do people care about what you have to say? Do people value your opinion? Or do people hate your opinion so much that they'll run and tear it down? So I always understood that, okay, Frank's got the talent. And talent does play a part, but at the same time, too, if we don't market this, if we don't promote this, if we're not talking about this consistently, if this isn't, if this isn't a part, because it's in you, not on you, if this isn't a part of us and this isn't a part of our pretty much daily lives, then our music will never sell. Word up. Our people will never, ever hear our music. And, you know, so, so Frankie, to answer your question in a simple, no. 
music is great. And going to the recording studio and recording the album and putting it out there and, you know, um, going hard with, you know what I'm saying, in the studio and finding beats and all that stuff, that's only really probably about 35, 40% of the battle. Making connections with, you know, people at radio um, in order to get your song on the radio is a majority of the battle. Get um, coming up with creative ways to, you know, get people excited for your album on social media is a, uh, is a majority of the battle. Mm. Interviews on podcast shows, inter- like, you know what I'm saying? Um, having people write about you in publications, getting facts. on TV, that's where the real work comes out. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a fact. And I guess, you know, to tap in on that, like, shout out to, you know, the team that, you know, was built around, like, this project, especially. Um, especially with that, with that aspect, the after, you know, shout out to my brother, uh, Ryan, uh, rival Rodriguez, mm-hmm. one of the greatest G's out there, one of the most brilliant minds. Definitely like, shout out to Rival, um, social media genius. For sure. And, you know, it's crazy because, um, you know, this is his third project, our, our third project, um, you know, when he's helped with the marketing and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I think this one is the most, I think, the most intricate that we've done. Like, um, I think they all had their own vibes. But to really see, like, what the, I don't know, like, to see what that is like. Like, to, all right, we have this product. How do we sell it? But then also, like, um, people not going to hear the words right away. So, like, how do you, how do you compel people like what what type of visuals do you need so a lot of that came with the cover art and then like um Ryro doing like the intricate like mm-hmm. detailing of the you know the cover art to make it like an actual scene and, and things like that it's like that was something that was really like like different and to see how serious or in your in your case like how dead ass serious like mm-hmm. there's people what is about it um you see that in the work, you see that reflected. Like, if you hear any of my other projects, you hear, like, that that grind, like, reflected. Like, you hear the pain in some of these songs, rather than, like, you hear it in the voice rather than just in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, this the runs that we've been, the runs that we've been on, man. Like, um, you know, completing the album, going to different radio shows. Like, shout out to Oswego, who's hosted us. Uh, shout out to a couple, like, radio stations in Buffalo who tapped into us. Shout out to Rochester, New York, who's blessing us. Definitely. Like, yes. Um, 100.9 WXIR, your number one source for extreme independent radio. <laughs> Definitely. Good, good plug it, man. Mm-hmm. Well, like, that's different. Like, that's three different cities, like, you know? of, like, that at least somebody has heard this project and, and mm-hmm. you know, and that we've tangibly been there. Like, that's something that I've never done as a mm-hmm. artist in my other endeavors, but, like, it's, it's just been, like, a blessing. Like, God just been... A lot of these opportunities have just been, like, like granted, like, people seeking for, you know, different artists and stuff like that. Um, and I just happen to be that one, or we just happen to, you know, have the good connections where we're able to book these things, you know, for an example, like the loud and clear performance that we did at um, Syracuse mm-hmm. on the um, Orange Television Network, tap into that on YouTube. Um, that that was fire. Like that was, I've never did like a live performance where I've seen like mad cameras around me, like people, mm-hmm. like it's a whole, like it's somebody working every camera and like the little action, you know what I'm saying? That yeah. job, like, I'm like, yo, we in a real life, yeah. you know, we in a real life set. And it's like, yo, 
this is what people dream of. This is what I dreamed of. Like, uh, I'm not sure what your dreams was, but like, you know, even like going into the project, but it's like, you know, like what I said on Obi's Caddy, like them dreams that I had in my mama's living room is turning yeah, to the physical and I can't lie, that's pretty cool. Like, like not to, like, it's like, it's pretty cool. Like not to, you know, you gotta stay humble with it. Like, you know, not be so arrogant where it's like, you know, I'm not G now, I'm that guy. Mm -hmm. And like, not really think about it so minimal and like just graze over it. Like, you know, the grind keep going, but also like, you never did that before. You never been here. So just take a moment to be like, yo, that is, that's dope, you know, but it's like, that's just, that's just the beginning of the doors that guy's opening, you know what I'm saying? So. Definitely, yeah, and you know, Frankie, real fast, like, my biggest thing, like, you know, when it comes to getting you on Loud and Clear and Orange Television, I just want to speak on this, you know, when I told myself, yo, bro, I'm about to get ready to pay $65,000 to this school. <sighs> I am not, and you know what I'm saying, like, people... <laughs> I don't want to say like me because I'm not no terrible person. And you know what I'm saying? I have a great mom and dad. I had a great foundation, a great support system. Absolutely. You know, shout out to, you know what I'm saying, Cato II and Beth Pennell. Shout out to the two of them. But, you know, granny, sis, everybody. You know, everybody, the village that it took to raise me. But you want to know something? I told myself, like, you know, I look around in the Syracuse Masters program and in the music industry, like I said, it's only two people excuse me, technically five, because like I said, we had three or four Asian students who, you know what I'm saying, people of color who are, you know, valuing the education of the music biz. Mm. And then on top of that, too, I'm like, man, I got all these resources around me that I didn't pay for. I'm not about to be the only one who reaps these benefits. Right. I'm not about to do that. Because I've always believed, like, you know what I'm saying, um, Rick Ross told Nipsey Hussle this, you measure a person's success by the amount of people they can bless. So I'm like, man, I got so many artist friends but I got Frank's 45 minutes down the street I can get him recording in different spaces that he's probably never recorded in I could get him working with producers that he's probably never worked with I can get him you know getting people who have 30 40 years of experience in the music industry to listen to his music and give him feedback I gotta bless him with all these opportunities that I got too like I gotta share the wealth Damn. You know, and I tell you too, like, you know, Frankie, there was people who reached out to me and stuff like that who wanted to come up to Syracuse and come explore some of these benefits, but I just couldn't do it because at the same time too, I am a student and I'm a representative at this university. Yeah. You come up here and you don't know how to act. You come up here and, you know, like, I'm gonna say this. Like, when you got an opportunity or if you're working with other people, the people that you bring to a situation represent you. Uh -huh. So with you, Frankie, even though it's music and stuff like that, like I didn't want to bring up artists there who were rude, disrespectful, gave people they asked to kiss, because it just wasn't gonna happen. Because you wasn't gonna come up there and make me look bad. You feel me? For sure. And you know, it's cool. Like you know, like if you do hang out with people like that, that's one thing. But you gotta hold people accountable. And, you know, and I always told myself, do, you know, saying don't put yourself and don't don't put people in positions that disappoint you. Uh -huh. So I'm like, I know Frankie going to come in. He's going to speak intelligently. He's going to be kind. He's going to treat everybody with respect. He's going to understand the magnitude of what I got going on. If I might have invited some other artists to come and tap in with me, they might have been coming in there late. Pants below their ass. By the way, if you sagging, pull your pants up. Pants below their ass. Um, you know what I'm saying? S smelling like drugs. Um... You know what I'm saying? Just not carrying themselves, you know what I'm saying, in a professional setting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because as I said before, like, you know, this music, this is professional. 
If you want to go and you want to start doing something, if you see yourself, if you aspire to be in a career, you need to carry yourself as a professional. That's why, like, when people ask me about, like, hey, oh, I'm an aspiring music industry professional. Facts. You see what I'm saying? So that's why, Frankie, like, you know, I always valued and appreciated you because I knew that I could bring you into these spaces and I knew that I could share this type of stuff with you. I knew that you'll come in and you'll carry yourself as, in, in the correct manner. So, True. you know, that was one of my big things, too. Like, man, let me let Frankie come up here and meet some of these people. Hell, if Frankie's still around in the upstate New York area, I might be somewhere else. Maybe he still could reach out to some of these people. Mm-hmm. He could build up his network. You know, because I'm like, man, I'm not ever going to sit up here and just, you know what I'm saying, like, not put my dog onto different resources and things that can help him. Like, I'm not sure. ever going to do that. And to me, that's some real hoe shit. Like, part of my language. But, like, yeah. if you got a team around you and you know that people can benefit well together from working with somebody else. I like connecting people. Sure. Hey, such and such. This is such and such, such and such, this is such and such. He do this, he do that. Man, I think y'all would be a great team. I've always been that way. Like, hiding resources and hiding opportunities from people, yeah. that's really some hoe shit to me. For sure, for sure. Like, but you make me do this face. Yeah. No, but in the same tangent, like, I definitely... <laughs> Nah, the same thing, like, I definitely agree, like, what you said, like, um, everybody, like, if you intentionally, you know, on that type of wave, like, that's definitely, you know, you got to take that up with yourself, but, um, you know, it definitely are some people, like you said, that just don't have the type of etiquette or maneuver in the ways to be able to, to reap those, um. And half the time, they don't know no better. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think one thing that we kind of just grazing upon is like, yeah, we really made a whole album like in a university. Like, mm-hmm. I think you know, one of the not saying that there's not any other professional environments, but like, I think that's an environment that's kind of mm-hmm. built off of honing in on professionalism, on you know, on crafting your future and stuff like that. So it's like to be able to do a music project, like I just be thinking about it all the time, like to do a whole music project, cohesive album, like at a university, like one of the greatest universities, like in New York, if not shit. The country. Yeah, the country. Syracuse. I'm sorry, Frankie, real real quick, I'm gonna have to correct you on that one. One of the greatest universities in in the the country. country. Syracuse University. That's a fact, man. You heard it from me, Timothy, Cato number three. And don't yes. don't stutter it. Man. Yes, yes. Nah, that's Sorry, a, Frank. I had to. I got. I got to show some love nah, to Cuse. That's a fact. Yeah. Shout out to the renowned Syracuse University. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the fact that we was able to craft up something like that, where other people, you know, they've been on other grinds, writing papers, and you know, what I'm saying like mm-hmm. all that stuff. But the fact that we use this creativity and our passions, um, and then put it in that type of area. I don't know, and we provide an education in in this album. Like that was one of the big things was to, what message do we want to get out and to educate people on these certain aspects like relationships, holding yourself accountable, like you know healing, um, you know like getting yourself on the right path. Like you know, there's gonna be hindrances and bumps in the road, but man. Man, God put you in these situations for a certain reason. So, you know, He won't put, you, He won't give you anything that we can't handle. So, that's how I feel, man. It's just, it's just dope. Like, it's surreal, man. We on some like, 
man, like Pharrell type, like, like, you know, man, that's that's how I feel. Like, mm -hmm. just how those people, how these music artists, you know, like great music artists established go into these spaces like universities and to teach about their craft when we kind of, especially in these systems where we've kind of been shut out of, exactly. you know, like college, Ideally, especially these predominantly white institutions, they are not like meant for us, not meant for a black man or you yeah. know, pe you person of the, color. You seen recently what the Supreme Court did? Supreme Court just showed their ass. It was like we yeah. can't even get even. It's harder to even get a foot in the door. Mm -hmm. Please continue. I'm sorry. Nah, man. So the um, I just was trying to highlight that because I'm glad you said that. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that we was able to defeat. All of those odds, mm -hmm. and you know, and, and place where we statistically not meant to be at, and shouldn't be at. Like we did it, we and did. we, man, you done accomplished a, a beautiful feat and getting another, you know, getting another degree. Like thank you, Frankie. And stepping into the the lane that you want to go into, like like we talked about earlier, like you building your plan, mm -hmm. you know, and this is all a part of your plan, part of the plan that God got for you. You know, so definitely, uh, and I appreciate that, Frankie. Thank you, because you know, you saying sure. that just kind of made me think about all the things that we overcame and all the things we done done. And that's the one thing. Like I was like, okay, Kato, you going in here and you want to do a rap album, and you want to do a rap album at a very serious school based upon music. I was like, I want hip hop to be represented in the correct way. And like I said before, I have no issue with what's going on in hip hop right now. Everybody's eating. Ladies is having a very serious hip-hop renaissance that ain't nobody talking about. Yo. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, the trap oh. artists is still doing their thing. The more creative guys is coming up underneath, you know, like the kind of like, not necessarily rap weirdo, but kind of like, you know, like the like the SoundCloud era. You know what I'm saying? Like, with like Destroy Lonely and all those guys and Cardi, all those guys are doing well. You know, I love where hip-hop is at today. I wish far uh, fewer rappers were in prison and dead. But I love where hip-hop is today. So, you know, but that's why I just wanted to go in and I wanted to make something positive. Because, you know, Frankie, like, um, you know, and I, I want to ask you about this. When it comes to making a positive rap album, like, how do you do it where it's not corny? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, like, you know, no disrespect to any other artist. And I'm just going to say out of all the yeah. rap albums I've heard over, like, the last five or six years, the one guy who figured out how to do it, and he's probably a person we need to have a conversation about um, probably later on, but um, is Nipsey Hussle. When you go and you listen to Victory Lab, wow. you know, Victory Lab, Nip is talking about, you know, businesses and mm. ownership and, you know what I'm saying, how to hustle, how to hustle correctly. You know, and, you know, even though Nip did some hustling, you know what I'm saying, on his own, he even talked about, like, you know, he, he got a line in the song, Million While You Young, streets ain't for everybody, get your grades up. So, like, anyways, Frankie, yeah. outside of, you know what I'm saying, Nip, I feel like you're probably really, like, the only person that I've really heard really make yeah. a very positive rap album, but it's not corny. It don't sound like you're preaching to people. You don't sound lame. You know, like, you don't sound soft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no disrespect to anybody, but, like, how were you able to craft that? Yeah. Like, what went into that? Like, what was that process like? Yeah, you got me weak. So, my cousin, they, uh, because, so, I'm a person, like, naturally... I don't uh, curse on my raps mm -hmm. off, off the record. Well, I guess it's on the record. Like, you know, I talk my talk. Like, you know, I, you know, it's in my everyday vocabulary, I guess, like just to be candid. But mm -hmm. I think with something like music, it's a little bit more, um, 
it's a little bit, you know, I try to be a little bit more intentional because my grandmother is listening, like my mom listening and stuff like that. Like, I remember one time my cousin called me a um, Christian Mingo rapper to, <laughs> because I because I don't um, use raps. I mean, I don't use cussing. No cussing in my rap. He sound like a hater. I'll be real with nah, you. Nah, but it was love. Christian dude. Mingle, you got bombs. Yeah, Christian Mingle was It's hilarious crazy. that he said that, but I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. He sound like a hater. Yeah, yeah. I would say, I mean... Because you really rap. I appreciate that. Yeah. I would say, like, to make an album that don't really... Like, a positive album that don't sound like kids, boppy. Yeah. Like, like um, you're not corny. Yeah. Uh, I would say, um... I don't you know, not corny, did. but you didn't. I think the only sign, I think we cut it at the end. The only word you said that was bad was damn. Yeah, and I think that's just an everyday, like, damn. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's like everyday lingo. Um, but yeah, I think it do take a, a lot of thinking, but I think just because I built my style off of, like, not cursing, like, all of, like, most of the, like, all of the songs that I've recorded since, like, 2011 mm -hmm. hasn't had a cuss word in it. So I guess that's, like, been my, like, my muscle memory, mm -hmm. um, but it allows you, it allows, because cussing is so prevalent, like it's, you know, it's Cuts like, in a, yeah, it's like, and it adds that grittiness to the, to the raps when you, you know, when you talking about that, like it adds that element, like that extra little oomph, like the sprinkle the curse word, it's like, all right. Mm -hmm. But like, because I don't do that, it makes, it forces me to think like. More creatively. Yeah, more creatively, more things to say, like, and it gives, it literally gives me that space to. So if I'm saying like, mf -er, like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, four, you know what I'm saying? That's like three, four syllables, How you know what I'm saying? However you plan on breaking it down. And like, I can use that same breath to say something else, to say something that's probably gonna go over your head anyway, unless you listen to it like two or three times. But that's the cool thing about it though. Cause being that I don't have to curse in it and, um, it, it allows people to, they like, yeah, I, I, had, I didn't hear a curse word. Let me run that back one more time. And then you actually hear it was kind of being, said um i think that's i think that's dope but i do i do think that it does take a a different level of like just tapping just tapping into the mental and really knowing what you want to say um and still still keeping the remnants of like what hip-hop is you know like good beats good bars good cadences good flows um mm -hmm. so Although, you know... Fire punchlines, too. Appreciate Sorry, that. Frankie, I got to cut you off real quick. Not a doubt. I never forget when you said, recording in Syracuse, feeling like Mellow when he played, rather 15 with the braids or the 7 with the waves. I was like, oh, whoa. My. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Nah, I ain't gonna lie. Like, everybody <laughs> on my Instagram, um, what's the name? Like, when I posted that video yeah. and just you spitting, everybody was like, nah, dude, snapped. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where that came from. I, and, I, and it was crazy, because when I thought about that line, like... I don't know where it came from. I really don't know where it came from. Like, obviously, you know, we was recording in Syracuse, and then I was like, mellow when he played. And then, soon as I, like, soon as I said play, I was like, braid, like braids and stuff. And I'm like, yo, this dude is like, I'm like, it's really crazy how these lines just coming up, like come mm -hmm. up in my head. And so like, I try to, Connected because that's two mellows like, you know, 15 mellow like that's the nuggets when he was, you know In the game going in, but we can't we can't disregard Nick's seven mellow, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, so it was like man just I was hoping that I could like get that in there and then when it fit so perfectly like that like I'm like man, so like I guess like rap I me mean, uh, bringing that back a little bit like 
I don't know, man. It's just so dope to to be crafting like bars and um, you know, sometimes I don't like a line like that was just something I just had crafted, and it's cool to structure a song like where that can like just fit in perfectly. So, are you a mellow fan? I man, I'm keeping a stack. Mellow was my first favorite player. player. Like I, I'm not a huge sports person, but like man, I remember when he came to New York like that once. I remember like the hearing on the radio, yeah, hearing on the radio when he dropped like that 62 point game, um, and 2K, but I think it was like 2K, maybe like 2K 11, 12, or 13, like that, those eras of 2Ks, man, with that Knicks team was like, man, that was beautiful, man, mm -hmm. like I'm like, and they had like Pablo Prigioni and them oh, G like man. that, like them but like they were Jason shooters. Yeah. yeah, they were shooters. And Jr. I think Imam was on that team. Ooh, I think they had a Mario stuff. Mario was Man, on that yeah. team. Too. Yeah, and so it was like that was that was. I mean, in the like the modern day Golden State for me, you know what I'm saying? Like to see all those shooters and just to see Melo, a stocky dude, you know what I'm saying? But he still got game like anybody else. He can go, you know, he can go behind the perimeter. He can work you in the paint, like. Um, Triple threat, he nasty. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, I like to say Melo is. Uh, Melo, he, he up there for you. Yeah, I'm sad that his uh, career ended. How you know how it played out, how it did, but that's just the game of life, that's man. The game of life, yeah. Facts, you know, Melo, man. Um, I mean, you know, I got memories of him when he was um, on the cover of NBA uh, Home Court, NBA Street. That was like one of my favorite Ooh. NBA Street games. So yeah, and like I said, I just like Melo because he can hurt yeah. you in so many different ways. Finish at the round of rim, take you off the dribble, post you up. Melo was nasty. But now, real quick, just not to get too much on, onto the topic of basketball, Frank, I want to get back to just your artistry. Yo, Franks, what's your coldest line on Beautiful Days? I got one in mind. I can tell you mine first if you need time to think. Ooh. But what's your coldest line? What's like that line that just make you go, damn? Mm. I think just the end, oh man, I think it's a lot of great lines. I'm gonna be. It's a few. Yeah, I'm gonna say the one that sticks out most is, cause I'm, I pride myself on like, the last couple bars, like, nope. like you know what I'm saying, like the home, I'm a home run. Like, if you don't remember anything else, like, or if you ain't compelled with anything else I'm saying, those last two bars of that last, like, scheme, that's gonna take you there. So I would say Obi's caddy, um, going back to there when I was like, through them droughts, they dedicated like Wayne Carter. Ding, ding, like, ding, ding, ding. That's yeah. exactly what I was yeah, thinking, bro. It was like, you just gotta. Yes. Like, Wayne is so. We know who Wayne is. A monster. And, like, man. Yeah. So I would say, like, man, that's two of his. I mean, aside from No Ceilings, like, mm -hmm. those are two of his greatest, like, mixtape series. Like, the, all the droughts. If you haven't listened to any of the droughts, tap in. If you haven't listened to any of the dedications, tap droughts in. Droughts Wayne was going crazy. So, I'll never forget what he said. Um, and these hoes start looking like fleas on my shit. Have you seen her? Who? Nina. She's on my hip. Yellow, white diamonds. Call it cheese on them grits. I was like, oh, Lord. Man. Who says that? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's that a, was drought three, Wayne. Come on, drought yeah. three. How mm. many drought, man? He didn't got I think, I think I think he ended it on three. Yeah. He might have, I know, he might have had a fourth drought, but it wasn't called drought four. Yeah. Dedication, he got like six of them. Brother got like mad. Sorry for the waste. Like, man, we won. Yeah. You yeah, well, Wayne, yeah, when it comes to mixtapes, I mean, I don't think that you can put maybe 50s up there. Dipset is up there. Um, locks. Mm -hmm. um, 
I'm probably forgetting a couple people. Um, I don't know, because the definition of a mixtape is different. For sure. Because, like, for example, this Cardi album is a mixtape, a commercial mixtape. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Barter Six by Young Thug is a commercial mixtape. But if we're talking about you over other people beats, uh, you can't leave Wayne out of the top five. Jack and Foot. Maybe yeah. not. You might have to put him number one. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, Weezy is the only person that I could say on top of my mind, like, mm -hmm. that has consistently made, like, these are radio songs, too. Like, yeah. you think about, like, some of the tracks that he went on, like, these songs had their own success and stuff like that, but Wayne could get in the booth, drop it tomorrow, and you forget who who the artist was, yeah, or you was. or you would just choose that Wayne version over, over the, the original <laughs> artist version. Yeah, like, so like, I think on uh, I think on um, No Ceilings, that was another great mixtape he made. <sighs> on No Ceilings, I think he said, "Yo, yo, beat ain't safe." It's not. Yeah, or like Run This Town. No disrespect, as much as I love the Kanye West, Rihanna, and Jay-Z version, uh, when Wayne go um, on, on Run This Town, I can't not listen to that version when I listen to Run This Town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a fact. Like, man, uh, what's yeah, that? When, when he go, um, you softer than nylon. Whoops, I meant nylon. nylon. Perfection is the goal, and I'm headed to the, the pylon. pylon. Crown fit me good. I ain't even got a try on. The pistol mean business. That bitch should have yeah, a tie on. Like, come yeah, on, bro. Then he switched the flow. Tina told me do this shit, so I had to do this shit. I get superhero money. Call yeah. that nigga super rich. Like, you, yeah. Wayne, so, yeah. See, just how you went down that road, like, I hope mm -hmm. people go down that road when listening, like, hearing those bars, like, especially yeah. Because, you know, it give you a couple bars. Like, those are the last couple bars, and then it give you a little bit of the beat, you know what I'm saying? And then you it come back again, like, mm -hmm. yo. like, And that's what I hope people do, like, with the lyrics that I do, because there are, like, so many metaphors, similes that, you know, I like to pride myself on. Mm -hmm. So I just really want people to, like, think like that. And, like, even that intricate, like, if, shoot, if you listen to Obi's Caddy, like, after you, you know, after you listen to a whole Butterfly Effect, like, I want you to listen to some Wayne or something like that. I hope you play Butterfly. I mean, I hope you play Beautiful Days Back or the other catalog that I got, but... Play everything. You know what I'm saying? But I Play it all. But I hope, like, it take you, like, these metaphors and simile, like, through, you know, all the bars, like, this a... Uh, take you wherever I'm talking about. Like, mm -hmm. you know, without you, that's how you make aloha like a Hawaiian greeting. Like, what? That like, was fire. Yeah, you know I forgot that, about that line. That you know what I'm saying? Line. Like, just yeah. like aloha, aloha, but then aloha is like hello in Hawaiian. It's like, I don't know, man. I don't know where that comes from. Shout out to all my, uh, my babysitters. I like to say my babysitters is like, all the artists that I listen to, uh, no disrespect to all my, you know, my grandmothers, my aunts and stuff I'm like that. I'm about to say, wait, where you going with this? See, I was so lost. <laughs> yeah, but I would Love say, like, these are the people I was listening to, like, if I was going through pain or stress or, like, just wanted to take my mind somewhere else, like, mm -hmm. you know, these were the people who had, who had my attention, like, these artists and stuff like that kept me occupied from trying to dive into a street life that I, that wasn't quite frankly prepared, you know, that mm -hmm. I'm not prepared for it, and, you know, and I'm saying like so I would say that's why they was those type of you know help me hone in and stay safe so I would say like those type of Jesus that's what I mean by baby nah, I, you, <laughs> nah, I feel you know rap, yeah. like I said they inspire us you know some rappers help raise us you know what I'm saying some yeah. rap some rappers we live by their words so I feel you coming from Frankie sure. Frankie um what was it going with this I got so much I want to ask you oh, okay I ask you this first so I created a couple playlists to kind of help give you some inspiration. Because mm -hmm. I was like, you know, Frankie, we're going to make a positive album, but we want to tell our story. Because, you know, the way we describe Beautiful Days is that it's a handbook for growth. Mm 
So I made a couple playlists, Frankie. Tell me, what songs that, you know, on those, some of those playlists, like, really inspired you and helped you mm -hmm. hone in on your craft? Like, that was like, man, like, okay, I need to kind of jump into this bag. Or, yeah. And what songs were you listening to maybe around that time, maybe that I didn't put on there that helped you do that same thing? Mm. So the song, I would say, um, I think, a, like, the, the a basis of the album really came from, um, at least how I started thinking about the album in my perspective was by listening to, uh, when you recommended K.O.D. by J. Cole, like, I loved that album. His most important, the, probably the most important hip-hop album of the last decade. Yeah, but I man. digress. Please continue. Yeah, man. Yeah. I say, like, that was, that was pivotal for me because it was like, the you know, when I first heard it, yeah, like I, I listen to window pane. Like obviously that's my speed. Like that mm -hmm. that heavy bass and just like how we, you know, his lyrical content. Like the thing that really make you feel. But when I dive back, I'm like, yo, all these drinks really make you feel. And you know, as I really I dove into this album, like I don't think I really did that for a lot of albums. Like in recent years, like really just sat down. I even looked at like some, you know, some write-ups about it and like seen that some of the beats were inspired by SoundCloud rappers and stuff. And I'm like, yo, like that, I'm not, I was that type of G. So if he's, if J. Cole, if this album that's so great by J. Cole is inspired by the SoundCloud era and like I'm kind of a product of the SoundCloud era, it's like, that's easy for me. You know, or, you know that's not, that's not foreign to me. Um, so I would say like really that just in, in you know, he talked about like, you know, drug use and the real the real aspect of it. Um, you know, just like kind of both sides of it, kind of like, you know, you get into this, you know, getting high status and stuff like that. Like, how do you how do you deal with that? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like Kings was a, you know, I don't know, I don't know what all his other acronyms was and stuff like that. But naturally, also, I'm a huge J Cole fan. Like, I wouldn't say that my style is based off his but like when a lot of people when they try to figure out like who i don't sound like nobody but like when people try to figure out a comparison they be like oh like you kind of like a j cole type lyrical rapper um so i would say that and i would say uh, one thing that stuck in that's in my head is the uh dave east never been you know like Dave East is a more grittier type rapper, but on that drain, he played it like he was play. He played the, the the cool, chill vibe and just talked about reflect, you know, reflections of his journey. Um, and then the last person I would say, um, Larry June. I'm heavy on uh, you know Larry my guy Smith. Larry June. Got my boy uh, Tori shirt on right now. There you go, Frankie. <laughs> but uh, but really, him like just the whole his chill cadence. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't rap like him. Um, at all, like don't we ain't got the same, what you call it, like octaves of voice and stuff like that. He's like he sing a little bit and stuff. I tried that a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm sorry, well, bro. You yeah. pulled up. I gotta get on you. Yo, look, yeah. yo. I just want to make sure that y'all hold Frankie accountable. Y'all catch Frankie trying to sing. Yeah. And I know y'all haven't heard what I've heard. Shut it yeah. down. Anybody in the future, I'm if done. you're around him, before he let it get on DSPs, tell him to stick to bar spin. Yeah. Frankie, but I got love for you, bro. We snapped our metamorphosis, though, when I sang the on uh, Butterfly Effect. We you did. got metamorphosis, yeah. bro. But what you yeah, tried we, to do in the booth <laughs> we tried up to at Syracuse, some, I could not uh, be a part yeah. of it. We tried to do some... Some foolishness. Yeah, <laughs> we done waited like three weeks. 
we waited like three weeks for like a month at for that some point. auto tune. Thank you, Syracuse. You guys finally got. Thank it. you. Put yes. the auto tune on. Gave it two takes, and it was it wasn't it wasn't punching. My boy, he gave it. Cato gave it a chance. He's like, yo, play that back. Let me try it. Like, nah, that ain't it. I'm like, it, it really, it wasn't that either. And I'm grateful that, um, I think even as the album shaped out to be what it is, like, it, that part just wouldn't uh, fit. It was bad. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, bro. Then but, you, oh, <laughs> God, dude, let's not even talk about that prank you and Right Row did. Oh, man. That shit had me in my feelings. Yeah, I Because I thought y'all was dead ass. You on there... Sounded Doing like some yeah. soca reggae, some sun that was in the house cup, music bro. type of vibe. <sighs> yeah, 2017 Franks was um Wait a minute, that was a real song you recorded? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I thought you just recorded <laughs> Wait, you really went to the yeah, It never went nowhere though. That was us so I, I can uh, tell. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, that was us so um <sighs> working on a project in Oswego with um some some other people. Um that was a good experience, but that that experimental vibe for that song just wasn't it. It just wasn't it. Some people rock with it though. It gave us some like Frankie, some Drake views. If somebody rock with that song, they do not care about you. Man. Okay, bro. I'm gonna put it on SoundCloud for y'all to hear, man. Yeah. Okay, drop it as a single on your own release. Yeah, I do not want my name that. attached to that, bro. <laughs> that. All yeah. right, Frakes. Um. You're from born and raised in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, born and raised in Buffalo, New York. I said this, I think, when I before we created the album, and I think probably the most important song we have on the album is Buffalo Part Two. Oh, uh. uh, no city has been through what Buffalo has been through in the last, I think, like three years. No, no disrespect to anybody's city. For sure. I'm morely speaking from probably definitely a little bit biased, but, you know, I remember when I came to you about doing, you know what I'm saying, a follow-up to Buffalo, because that was something I was very adamant, adamant, I said adamantly, I was very adamant about, hey, we need to do a Buffalo part two. Now's the time. You know, um, <laughs> can you talk to us? Because, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily know about Buffalo. Shout out to Griselda, because I feel like they helped put Buffalo on the map. I feel like they helped, you know what I'm saying, really put up, really helping put the entire upstate on the map because there's a lot of very talented bar spitters who live in this area. Right. But what we're like, can you kind of describe Buffalo to us? And can you take us through what Buffalo has been over the last few years? For sure. Mm, give me a second. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that's a loaded question. Yeah. So I feel like when a lot of people talk about Buffalo, they be like, yeah, it's the hood and, you know, same stuff happening like in every hood. But really, Buffalo's a... It's a place with character. Like, you go into the city, like, it's not nothing flashy like Toronto or, like, um, Houston or anything. Like, you don't have no huge, like, glassy buildings and futuristic, like, architecture. Um, you know, it's a place of grit, like, you know, like... Um, hustle. Yeah, hustle, like, cement. And I think when you go into the city, you see that. And it's really about character like we've been through a lot of things like just even historically you know like you had like a blizzard in 77 like let's not talk about um man our sports record like you know but you know we done been through some pain we done been through some pain we getting there though we getting there yeah, definitely but we didn't you know especially like even talking about like within the last year like we had man we had the top shooting like we had um, you know, the blizzard last year that, you Killed know, people. yeah, like literally like a winter killing people. And, um, 
Demar yeah. Hamlin. Yeah, like just that's a lot of that's yeah. a lot for a city that you know. And I, it just it happened all within what like about the span of eight months, because yeah. the top shooting was like what May, May yeah, right? May. The top shooting was like May, April, June. Demar Hamlin was. I think it was like December. Had to be December. Like yeah, it had December. to be like December. Yeah, because it was playoff time. Mm-hmm. So Demar Hamlin is December. And then, and then um, the snowstorm was Christmas. two months before that. Yeah, Christmas. No, that was Christmas. Oh, Christmas. Yeah, so, yeah, so it was like, like dang. dang. In the span of like six, seven months, this city just been getting hit left and right. Like, it's just been things that, you know, either you yeah. don't see very often or things that we just haven't seen at all. Like, yeah. I just kind of break it down for people. When DeMar Hamlin, when that injury happened, he died on that field. Like, oh, that I, I don't think people understand. DeMar, and then it was a, wasn't it a Monday night game or a Thursday night game? One, yeah, one so it, if you're watching football, everybody's watching. DeMar Hamlin died on that field. He had no brain activity in his, and um, his heart wasn't beating and he had no brain activity. He died. Yeah. Shout out to the first responders, you know what I'm saying, who helped save DeMar Hamlin's life. But that's yeah, but, tricky. You know, and I'm sure very few times have we ever seen an athlete die during the game. But, you know, or excuse me, I don't want to say, like, nah, very few times have we seen an athlete, like, die, like, on the field. But, like, this was, I think, the first time in, like, football where we literally seen somebody who was fighting for their life. No, for real. You know, and, you know, shout out to DeMar Hamlin, you know, because, you know, he, the... I guess I'm just glad that he's good. Yeah. You know, because just everything he do for the community, like, I really salute him. But then, like I said, the top shooter, like, just going in there, just killing all them innocent people. Wow. And somebody yeah. that wasn't even from our, like, that wasn't even from, from Buffalo. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's not something you can explain on either side. Like, even if it was somebody from Buffalo, but, like, to see how somebody really had a whole, like, manifesto, like, scripted out, like, yeah. and, and really targeted that specific place like that's in my like the only i mean it's like right in my in the vicinity of the crib not too far from jefferson right yeah and it's crazy like i actually like heard the shots go off um it was really yeah like i just came back home like the day before you gotta break you gotta take us through that bro yeah man it was it was i didn't even know that yeah it was crazy to see like um like real time i was literally unlocking my door and i heard like three shots and it's it's sad to say, but like the first thing I thought, like, oh, it's a drive by people just shooting. You know what I'm saying? You used to it. Yeah. You get desensitized to it. Then like you cut on the news thirty minutes later. Yeah, like I'm on Facebook. Like I see like it's people like panicking right in front of the crib because like I live in a, like a like on a like more of a main, main street, street. Mm-hmm. and like people like yo my cousin like somebody just shot my cousin and stuff like that like a young boy like you know like people just flustered. They don't know what's going on, but they know it's something going on. And like just to see like. You know, it was like a lot of joints on Facebook Live with people who were there, like recording, like the person getting, um, you know, the person getting uh, taken away, and it was much the most peaceful ways. But like, they not to popped him. Yo, for real, and I'm just, not to say that anything is good. Now but, I wish death on nobody. Yo, they should sure. clapped him. But like people, like police officers have clapped people for less in Buffalo. Like clap people, like a high speed chase, like chasing and stuff. That's not cool. But mm-hmm. however, to put a hundred rounds in a in a truck for a high speed chase rather than putting, you know, what I'm saying throwing down the uh, tire traps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But is somebody is somebody would with things on him, like military mm-hmm. registered, like, you know, military-esque 
um, artillery, and he just gets a calm talk and just go into the go into the cop car. Like, so Buffalo. All I have to say, Buffalo Part Two is like really just like the voice of me being a voice for man the town. Like you know, talking about that and like some people was like. Um, it was kind of like a breakup song from Buffalo, like, and and that's not the intention behind it, but in a way, it's kind of like, you know, like not a breakup, but elevating from, you know, it's like this place has made me and you know shaped me in a lot of great ways, but it's not somewhere I can grow, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think about like, you know, just the type of, you know, even in my area, like just seeing like. I went to college for four years, you know what I'm saying? Like, and to see the same people doing the same things, like that's just the type of, like that's just the type of vibe and, um, you know, energy that's there. So um, it's not to be like, it's a bad, it's a terrible place, but just being realistic, it's not a place for somebody who, like me, it's not a place for me. And I can't speak for nobody else, but it's not a place um, where I can comfortably grow and continue to do what I want to because I mean, it's a lot of hatred in the city too. I mean, it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of pain and trauma in the city, and you know, I think we do need to find those areas that's more cohesive for us. And sometimes, if you stay somewhere long, like too long, that can be more detrimental to you than than really beneficial. So, I think that's the kind of angle I was coming at it with, by also saying, although I may physically be gone from the town, like your heart always with Buffalo. Uh, always, like you could take me out of my city, but you can't take it out of me. Like, um, and that goes, and that's to say, like I'm Buffalo, but you gotta let it go. Facts, yeah, and that's to say, like wherever I go, I'm gonna let people know proudly. Like I ain't gonna say this is my hood, like you know what I'm saying, but I'm from Buffalo. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Yeah. What is that? Figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Part two. yeah, and part one if you need to get that um that itinerary, that initial itinerary of the town. From Frank's to ALO, that's the place where I lay my dome. Yeah. Jay Skees was on that too, right? Yeah, shout out to Jay Skees, man. Like um, Jay been putting in work, I'm proud of him. Nah, for sure. Yeah, definitely proud of Jay Skees, man. He's been, he been grinding. Uh, yes, sir. Man, but uh Frankie, just to, um but thank you for that, because you, oh, no you know, I don't you know. I feel like if the events in that span would have happened in other more sta other bigger cities, I feel like it would have been talked about a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I'm just glad because you know, for those of you who don't know, I spent about three or four years in Buffalo, uh, east side of Buffalo, actually Newburgh, Roslyn area. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I gotta make sure I let people know. So you know, I felt that. Like, I got memories of Buffalo. I got memories, grow like, living in Buffalo, New York, and growing up there. And, you know, I don't really know nobody there anymore, you know. But, as a matter of fact, I need to go back to my old neighborhood. Now that I think about it, it's probably been about, like, 12 years. Probably, probably actually, like, about 15. But, you know, I just was... I, I just was um, hurt to just see that happen to any city, but especially a city where I came up in, especially a city where I live fairly close to. Yeah. But I'm glad that you took us down that road. But, Frankie, um, a couple uh, last-minute things. You're from New York, and the dominant sounds of New York are drill, rather it's Brooklyn drill or Bronx drill, or, excuse me, and I would say, like, coke rap mafioso, Griselda. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. like um, Benny, Khan, Wes, Stove God, yeah. um, you know what I'm saying? That, yeah. like, that, like that type of sound. Mm -hmm. um, excuse me. How I'm in Rochester. 38, special. 38, yeah, I got to put special. Yeah, got to put special. <laughs> so, like, not to say that all these guys, Rick High, anyways, 
the list goes on. Shout out to everybody in the, in, you know what I'm saying, upstate, but especially in the 716 and the 585 that's putting on for the city. We salute you. But, um, you, like, and time out, Frankie. Let me celebrate your wins. This man sitting to my left, Frankie, Markel, Frankie Knuckles, uh, Jeffries, actually <laughs> um, was on tour with Benny, open for Benny, and Khan. Uh, I ain't gonna say like as a fan of his music likes his music you know what I'm saying we could definitely get into that but Frankie how did you growing up here and you know what I'm saying really being born and raised in Buffalo and being around all these sounds of New York how do you still craft your own I don't know man cause I, I wouldn't cause no disrespect yeah no disrespect to the guys upstate doing their thing because everybody's dope and I don't like comparing people. But, like, I feel like when it comes to, like, guys who just don't sound like anybody who really are in their own lane and have their own sound, mm. I feel like you're one of few um, upstate who, you know, really mm. got, like, your own thing going on. That's, yeah, that's interesting. I would say, like, dude... You know, there's always dominant sounds and areas, uh, dominant sounds in the specific eras that, you know, that I, you know, that I just grew through and rapping. Um, but I would say, like, really just keeping my, my authenticity and originality is, like, I'm from, obviously, the region of New York, so it's always going to be that type of um, resonance. Like, it's going to be that type of similarity, mm -hmm. um, whether that's the tone or the swagger or whatever. But, um... You know, I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say that my sound was um, built off of a, a New York sound or even a Buffalo sound like that you hear in Griselda. Like, like, cause my beat selection was always like, I love samples. Like, even the like the first song that I ever rapped up, like it was a sample. Like, um, and cause that's that's because I grew up listening to soul music. You know, with my grandmother, and I mean, you know, so all of us came up on that. Yeah, river. like and really just like inserting that in there, like keeping that roots, but also, um, you know, I love you know Kanye West was one of those great people who who did that like sampling. Uh, yeah, the greatest hip hop sampler of all time, if you ask me. Man, like yeah, all of those people. Um, I would say, like, just really trying, like, different types of beats that were in New York, because I love, you know, I loved, like, Philly spitters. I loved, um, you know, Chicago spitters, or, you know, more specifically, like, people of the old Kanye-esque, like, just that sound and the people that he was working with. And um, so I would say I really incorporated, like, all of that together. And being that I, I know the old school music, I know how that sounds like, so it's like taking certain aspect like that, like the lyricism or flows or, you know, or not want to say flows, but like the lyricism aspect um, of that while also being current with the time and like, I can't be spitting on a like 50 beat per minute joint, like, you know, but I also can't be on some, da -da 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 -da, you know what I'm saying? So it's like the common ground is that just had that conversation, you know what I'm saying? So be in that conversational pocket. Um, and I feel like a lot of people, they rap, but I don't feel like they really have that conversation with their listeners like that. Like when when I listen to me, yeah, I listen to me sometimes. Like when I listen to me, it's like it sound like I'm right next to me, like hearing what I'm saying, you know. Um, rather than really just thinking of it as a, like a monolithic, like it's just music, you know. So I would say just keeping my originality by, you know, just staying true to myself, but also living my life like everybody don't hasn't lived the life that i have nobody lived the life that i have like so it's like how do i continue to 
uh, make these memories, um, you know, keep myself persistent so I can have a story to tell. So that's, that's how I would say um, my different. That, that's what kept me different, kept me true to my sound. That's what's up, Frankie, living in your truth. No, for sure. Yeah. And you know, your album has definitely helped me realize that. Like, um, you know, I went through about like a year or two and you know, I don't think many people who really know me know me for being quiet. Mm-hmm. But um, I went through about like a year or two where I was kind of letting my voice be kind of nullified and I was kind of having doubts about myself. And, you know, I was a little bit, you know, kind of had a lack of confidence and not really wanting to utilize my voice and not really comfortable with living in my own skin. And the Making the Beautiful Days really, you know, some other things, but the Making the Beautiful Days really helped me kind of step back into like, you know what I'm saying, being this person that I am and who I'm supposed to be and who I want to be. So I definitely salute you and I thank you for that homie because that's what Beautiful Days did for me. My God. Oh, but Frankie, um, just because, you know, I know we, you know, we got to get ready to get up out of here soon, man. But Frankie, um, just before, like I said, I, th- I don't know whenever this is going to come out, but um, what is, what do you feel like the lasting impact of this album will be? Like, what do you feel like when people listen to this a year from now, three years from now, five years from now? Like, how do you feel like it'll age and mature and it'll grow? Like, what do you feel like mm. the, the legacy of this album like is gonna be? Mm. I think it's it's gonna open a lot of m- more eyes and let people know that I'm truly serious about m- my craft and. Um, you know, just to see that it's a team that was kind of built around this project and, you know, like the promotion, like I'm like we in people's face, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, social media is one of those big things. Um, but it's like, you know, even just seeing like the increasing numbers, like at least, you know, even from other projects and stuff like that, like the increasing number of people like viewing, like they they seeing something, they, they hear something or something like is compelling them. So it's like, they gonna see that yo he's serious like he's a he's a spitter you know what I'm saying um and I think man I think it's gonna be like he had he has a true message for the people um so let me keep listening to this message so that's how I always seen like my music um a lot of people don't watch the news a lot of people um, don't watch TV or you know read the read what's going on in the articles like so m- for me music is kind of like that outlet to you know to to get that you know to get that to the people and like it's gonna I think that this album really just gonna show people like yo I gotta be tapped and I gotta continue to listen to what what brother's saying like because he he chopping it up you know so that's that's what I hope to see and um just for me to, it'll set the, I hope it'll, pre- well, it has already set the precedent, like, yo, just keep going, like, like, all of these things that have been put in place, like, even with just this project, like, is not coincidental, you know, so just keep going, like, if anything, it's a testament to keep going. Oh. Gotcha. Well, Frankie, as I said before, has been, not that we pretty much less than a week away from getting the album. Um, you know, I'm extremely, 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 extremely excited for what we got going. Um, I really, really, really can't wait for us to push this Buffalo song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just, 
I'm just so thankful. I'm so blessed for you being able to trust me with your discography. It was, this is definitely, you know, always going to be one, a project that I, an album that I hold very close to my heart. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, as I said, trusting me with your discography because you are an artist that got it out the mud. You got it out the muscle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, I'm so happy that, you know, you went from doing this by yourself to doing this with a team. And I'm glad, like I said, that, you know, I could put you in a position to continue to better and further your career and yourself and your sound and your craftsmanship. But sure. um, besides that, Frankie, yo, um, anything that you want to tell the cameras, anything you want to tell the people before we get up out of here? Man, I'm sitting, I know brother gave me my flowers, but on the right of me, you know, you are witnessing a legend. Um, not, any, not even in the making, like a legend that's just going to continue to refine that legendary path. Um, whew, just, it's crazy. It's been a beautiful conversation, man. Um, beautiful Days is coming out July 30th, 2023. Like, that's all I got to say. Just stay tuned. Is there more you got to say, brother? Hey, man. Hey, Frankie. Come on now, Brody. But as always, y'all, make sure that y'all follow, like, comment, subscribe. I got more to say. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. And my name is Kato. And make sure y'all keep it locked right here, because as always, I got more to say.